The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian nutritionist and mom to one. And this is Meaningful Living, a community to make parenting and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. Every week, we talk to experts, parents, and answer your questions to share the practical tips and real side of parenting we all need. Because when you remove the doubt, fear, and stress from everyday decisions, you create more time for the meaningful moments. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Welcome back to Meaningful Living Podcast. I'm Jess here with Haley. And today we have such an exciting guest. We're here with Whitney Port. Whit, there really hasn't been much you haven't done. I mean, most of you probably know her from her days of the hills and the city, but You've just flourished as an entrepreneur and a fashion designer and a, you have your own podcast. I mean, you're a mom, you are a wife, you are everything. And what was funny is when I was thinking about this, I actually don't remember when we met. I really don't remember that time. I think it was the first, I think it was when I interviewed you on my podcast, like oh. in 2000, I think I, I launched my podcast 2018. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Oh, so, that's so funny. I figured it had I to know. be through Paige somehow because your sister is the absolute best. I think that she had recommend. I was looking for like a good nutritionist and she was like, you have to meet Jess. And so I think I, I'm pretty sure, but so funny. yeah, so grateful for that. Well, since literally the moment I met you, I'm always in awe about your vulnerability. And I know you're going through so much fertility stuff right now. You've just been through the ringer with everything. So that's what we want to dive into today. As you know, I mean, I, so I was supposed to have my transfer date last week, last Friday, and was like gearing up for that really kind of mentally, I thought mentally ready and emotionally ready. And then after it couldn't happen because I got so sick, the doctor was just like, it's just best. Let's, your body has just been under so much stress and you've been on all these medications. Like, let's just wait a month. After I was really disappointed at first. And then now I'm like the, the dread and the fear and the pregnancy drama in my brain is even bigger than it ever was just because of all this, like it getting pushed. And it just, I'm just like at this point in in my life, like at 11, 12 on Wednesday, whatever the date is, I'm just so over all of it. Like I cannot express enough how much I, I'm, it just, how much it's, how, how all consuming this fertility situation has been. And like, I'm now starting to think about surrogacy, which is like, I literally have talked to two people about in the past five days. I'm I'm like, I can't believe that I was almost about to do transfer and I'm, I'm going, I'm like really in it right now. So happy to talk about whatever, like whatever sparks your curiosity. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You've been going through that. Yeah. It has not been fun. I mean, 
Sunny was like super easy to have, like not, not pregnancy wise. I really didn't like my pregnancy. It was like super sick throughout it. Did not really feel myself. Like wasn't one of those women that really connected to being pregnant it was like, Oh, this is so cute. And I'm so excited. And I sound even as I'm saying this to you guys, I sound like such a negative Nancy and I hate it. Like I, I don't like hearing myself talk about this because I sound so just like a bummer talking about pregnancy and, and that stuff, but it's just how I felt and I can't deny it. But getting pregnant with him was really easy. Like I went off birth control and then within two months I was pregnant. I was 32 oh. years old and it was just super simple. And then I ha- had him and then after, at, at two years old, I think was when my first miscarriage was, and I was about nine weeks and it was out of the blue because we had been traveling for a couple weeks. And so I hadn't been going to see the doctor. And also like, you're not really seeing the doctor that much at the beginning anyways, but all of a sudden just started bleeding after feeling like all of these symptoms. And I was just like, what is happening? But first thought in my head was like a little bit of relief and like a really weird, sad, scary way. And I talked about Mm -hmm. this a bit on my podcast too. It sounds like so monstrous to say, yeah, it's like, oh my God, you're really like, nobody wants to miscarry. And like, I didn't want to miscarry, obviously. Like I look obviously, I wanted that baby. I wanted every baby since every miscarriage I've had. But like I, when it happened, I had that feeling. And then and and I wasn't, I didn't really grieve it that much. I, I was just sort sort of more like in survival mode. I think also because Sunny was two and I didn't really have like the the time to kind of grieve it. And it was the first one. So I just thought, oh, this is the first one. And then, you know, next time it will be fine. And then after that, had two more miscarriages and then a chemical pregnancy, which I know is not a big deal. And sometimes I don't even mention the chemical pregnancy because you only know you're pregnant for such a short time, but still like you still think you are for even a short time. And it still has a little bit of an impact on you for sure, you know? And so each one of these setbacks has just been like, I have a lump in my throat has just made me so like averse to the whole thing. Um, I'm like, really blame you. So sorry. So I'm just right now, like thinking about what is best for me and my family. Like I want, I really want a second child. Like I really do feel like, I mean, and I know this is silly and not true either, but I just really feel like I want the second, like it will complete kind of this vision in my head of what I want, but I'm just not sure that I have it in me to maybe do it all on my own. So I'm just trying to figure out like, if that's, if I'm okay with that, like, I don't know. I have to stop caring about what everybody else thinks because I know that's a lot of the time I think as women with this whole pregnancy and motherhood situation, the first thing we think about is like, well, how how is everyone else going to view me? You know, like, am I going to be a three, you're like only like part of the mom, like I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm not a full mom. Like, I don't even know how to explain it, but if I don't do it all myself, like, am I going to be even allowed to complain? You know, it's so, it's so crazy, the spiral that we put ourselves through, but that's what, that's what I'm going through right now. I'm talking to someone next week who's going through a, a surrogacy right now. She had her own kid first and then I think had some trouble with the second. And so I'm really looking forward to that conversation, but I'm really just feeling this need right now to talk to as many people as possible to learn like what my options are. Wait, I have so many things to say. Number one is I have a bunch of people that have done surrogacy that I'm going to put you in touch with so you can talk to them about it. The thing that always strikes me so much about you is just your willingness to be so vulnerable and say the things that I'm just <laughs> people are thinking or people may be feeling, right? Like we're allowed to have two feelings at once. We're allowed to want to have a baby, but we're also allowed to not enjoy pregnancy and really struggle with it and really dread those things. And you are no less of a mom if you don't carry your own baby. And at the end of the day, like that's actually one of the things Haley and I, when Haley had her third baby, mm-hmm. she was really struggling with breastfeeding. She's like, I've had a terrible situation with breastfeeding. It doesn't work well for me. And I'm feeling all this guilt. Like, should I even start it? And the answer is always really a happy mom is a happy baby. And we really need to figure out what is best for ourselves and for our family. And each person's journey is different. And whatever your journey is, like, I'm so proud of you to just say, I have to let go of what other people are going to say because no one, no one is in your body. No one knows. No one knows your mind. No one knows your body. No one knows that. And it's not, you know, motherhood really, we are in an age that motherhood looks different for everyone. And and it really does. It looks different. And we put so much pressure on ourselves. I oftentimes put so much pressure on myself and then I'm like, once I start to process it, I'm like, oh, I don't think people are actually thinking this about me, but I've put this on myself because of like preconceived notions from my own childhood and like my own triggers growing up and like the having to do it all myself, even as a mom, I feel that like feeling so deeply Sometimes I have to be like, no, I can accept help. And so even in the form of like surrogacy, like you can accept help and and tell yourself that that's okay because I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do the things that I do without accepting help in in any ways. That's just kind of like my mantra because I don't know. It's it's, it's a like weird there's no mom I know. spiral. It's a weird mom spiral and it's like are it's you know, we've obviously put ourselves in this position to have these conversations because one, we feel this way and want to talk about it. And also there are so many other people that feel this way that need us to say these things out loud. And I struggle with that. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to share. I'm enough sharing. Like I want to make my own decisions and not have anyone else's opinion and like just do my own thing and not film it and not be vulnerable. But then I'm like, but uh, think about all the people that have felt like you feel and are just waiting for someone to just like say it's okay. Like waiting for someone else that they, whether they align with or 
look up to or even not just just someone else in this world that exists that feels the same way you feel and i i just feel like that's what since since doing that with my first pregnancy i just sort of feel like that's what i'm meant to do and i i obviously am able to pick and choose what I, what I do share, but I think that this mom stuff is just super important because it's so isolating and we are just so hard on ourselves for no good reason. And it's really hard for us to make sense of it in our brain. Cause I feel like if we didn't have these kinds of outlets or these kinds of conversations, like, I don't know, so many mothers would be struggling so much more right now. And what you said about isolating, which is, I think, by not sharing, by not talking about difficulties that that you experience, right? If by not talking about difficulties with fertility or talking about wanting to explore surrogacy, it's like it's almost like this hush hush thing that if you right. do surrogacy, it's like some people don't even know it happened because right. we're so ashamed of it. But then if it's already an isolating process and we don't actually talk about it, we're only making it more isolating for everyone else. Right. And I think that then you start to believe that it is a shameful thing or it is something to hide because you, you yeah, it's like this, this self-fulfilling prophecy. And so the more that you put it out there, I feel like the more it helps like reshift your beliefs and your thoughts, right? Like the more that I talk about it with you and and talk to like-minded people whose opinion I respect about what I'm going through, the more I can be like, oh, my brain is kind of lying to me about this. And like, this isn't a shameful thing. This isn't something that I should feel lesser than because of like these women aren't lying to me, you know, like you, I'm about to call you Dr. Diamond, you Jessica Diamond and you Haley, like you wouldn't sit here and lie to me and be like, you you just, you, we, it's just, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's just so important to, to have these conversations so that you can get to a place where you figure out what works best for you. And no one else can tell you what works best for you. There is not one other person in this world that knows what's going on in your life and your heart, in your mind, in your body. And so you just have to trust yourself. Hey, it's Jess here to tell you about a great health show, On Healthy Conversations, listeners receive expert insight into the challenges and trends transforming health from cancer treatment, lumpectomy, radiation therapy, you know, five years of tamoxifen. That was done to prevent five-year and 10-year recurrences, even though the likelihood of recurrence for someone with early-stage breast cancer was really small. But we couldn't find the needle in the haystack. Everybody gets the same treatment for the 5% of people for whom they might recur. To advances in genetics, We need to dispel some myths, myths such as your genes determine your health and there's nothing you can do about it if you have a certain genetic background. This is not true in the vast majority of cases. To the bright future of healthcare. It's a real time for innovation to reset and reimagine healthcare from intermittent reactive sick care to a future that's continuous, proactive, anytime, anywhere, bringing us better outcomes at lower costs and bringing better health equity all around the planet. 
hosted by Dr. Daniel Kraft, a Stanford and Harvard-trained physician scientist, inventor, and entrepreneur. The show is presented by CVS Health, a leading health and care innovation company. Healthy Conversations introduces the accomplished leaders and visionaries working to transform health systems. Healthy Conversations releases audio and video episodes. Subscribe, listen, and enjoy today wherever you find your podcasts. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. How do you cope with with that? I'm sure you get it on socials. I mean, I get it too, just kind of like a troll every now and then. Do you get those and how do you handle it? I think because I've been on TV since I was 20, I just don't care at all anymore. Like I haven't put, when when I was putting that I love my baby butt stuff out there and that was being really vulnerable. And I think there would be a few people that were like, ugh, how can you be complaining about this? Like you got pregnant, you're healthy. Like that that kind of hit my core. Those those kinds of of comments really hit my core. And then I would just be like, you know what? Those people, like I just said, they 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 literally don't know me. They have no idea what's going on. So I need to allow those comments to just go in one ear and out the other. And even to the comment the sometimes you get opinions from people that you do know that are not necessarily like what you want to hear. Like you just, I think it's, it's the same thing for trolls. Like you just have to tune into you and figure out like why it is that they're saying what they're saying. What insecurity is it that, that is come, that it's coming from and how much weight are you actually going to put on it? You know, Timmy has a harder time with trolls than I do because I think he's newer to the game. Like, I just think if you've been doing it for a while, you kind of just are able to have this thick skin. But yeah, I just, I, I don't, I'm lucky to not have that many. I think probably the same as you guys because we're talking about such important stuff and we have built such a nurturing community. Like, there's just no place for that. And those kind of people don't really follow me. But yeah, I think that it's all about just like tuning those people out. I totally forgot your I love my baby butt. Yeah. Series. Yeah. I forgot that. I mean, if anyone so that's yeah. Yeah. That's what really started these com- these vulnerable conversations when I was pregnant with Sunny. I was just feeling like total crap. And Timmy, my producer husband, was like, you should really talk about this. And you should create, I don't know what it is, like, but create some kind of content around this. And so he set up a camera in front of my bed. Like, I looked like crap. I had all old snacks, yogurt, crusty yogurt, disgusting things next to my bedside table. And I was like, whatever, I'm just going to go for it. And he started asking me questions about how I was feeling. And I think because it was my husband asking me questions, I felt really comfortable and it was easy for me to open up. And that was really the first time that I was extremely vulnerable just because 
on on reality before then, I wasn't really. Like when we were filming the hills, when we were filming the city, I was very closed off and I was purposeful about it. I didn't want any of my private life on the show. I was just like very uh, protective of it. And then this was kind of the first time I felt like I was able to, I don't want to say control the narrative because that makes it seem like then I'm, I'm, like trying to shape my messaging in some way, but it was the first time where I could really put out who I felt I was, you know, and no one else was editing me. It was just me and Timmy editing our conversation. And that was a really, really scary thing to put out for the first time. But it, then it was one of those things I realized the, the scarier things that I said, like some of the more intimate things that I was feeling that I was ashamed of were, were the things that most people like needed to hear, you know, and were the things that people were like, oh my God, I'm feeling this way. And then I was so relieved. And then it kind of, I got, I, it wasn't like I got addicted to it, but I think that was what I realized. Wow. The I, I shouldn't be ashamed of these, like these innermost feelings and things like I should really be putting them out there. So that was a good test and a good, yeah, it was the foundation for what would become like my vulnerability journey. I'm so mm. glad you did that because uh, like you said, I think so many people, I almost said women, but I think men and women connect to those super vulnerable moments because we're not taught when we we're growing up to share those things, especially in in like our parents' generation. I think it was just like, we don't talk about that. That's embarrassing. Don't say that. Don't do that. And, and so we're taught to just kind of hold it in. And I think our generation is sharing it more because it's like, oh, I see that they're going through that and they're going through that. Maybe if I share this, like someone else can connect. So I love that you're doing that because it's helping so many people. Yeah. I think also what's important is when you're on the receiving end of someone kind of like bearing their soul to you, this is just like a quick aside, which is something that I've, that I'm learning as I'm starting to talk to actual like close friends about what's going on. Like when someone is opening up to you, I think it's just super important I don't want to say to just be accepting of whatever they say, because you don't, you always, you want to be that friend that like challenges a person to like, look at everything big picture. But I just urge everyone to try not to immediately put themselves in the other people's shoes. Like, I know that that is, that sounds that sounds like the easy thing to do as a friend to be like super empathetic. But I think sometimes we're not yearning for advice when we're bearing our souls. We're yearning for sometimes just like validation that it's okay to feel that way. And I, my, I don't go to your husband for this because <laughs> I think that a husband, you want them to kind of tell you want them to tell you the truth, like the, how they really feel about a situation and for you guys to problem solve together. But I do think it's really important instead of your first urge to be like, well, you know, when I was telling my sister, and this is not to call out my sister, but my youngest sister, I was telling her, like, I was talking about the surrogacy thing and she was like, well, 
Is it the sickness thing that you're afraid of? Because if you're afraid of being sick, you know that you'll get over that. You're not going to be nauseous forever. And you know that you're going to lose the weight and you know that you don't have to breastfeed. So like, what is it exactly that you're afraid of? And I was like, oh, this is not the conversation. This isn't okay. Like I'm done having this conversation with you. And I had to reflect and be like, well, is that, am I do not, do I not want to have this conversation with her because she's not, she's saying, she's not saying what I want her to say, which is just like, do whatever it is you feel comfy and cozy with, or do I not want to have this conversation because I feel like this undertone of judgment? I don't know. I'm just, I'm figuring out how to talk to my friends about this stuff and not make it about me. And I think that I'm, I don't know, I'm sort of verbal diarying right now, but you kind of get what I'm saying, right? Absolutely. I used to be that person. Like I used to say those things because I would think, oh, I want to help. Like I'm a helper. I want to just fix it. And I want to make sure you're okay. And I want to help you and encourage you through it. (laughs) So I would be that person to to say, okay, like basically here's how to fix it. And like, here's how I, here's how I got here's through it. Right. I got through it. And then yeah. after much therapy, I realized, oh, that's not pe- what people want to hear unless they're saying, Hey, I would love a little advice on this. That's totally. when I say like, okay, then there's a time and a place for that. I've, I've now realized, but now I'm, I really try and just like validate the person's feelings and listen and and it's kind of hard to kind of retrain myself after for so long. I'm a two on the Enneagram. I just, again, want to help. And so, yeah, I've learned to just be like, okay, no, I, I need to validate these people's feelings. And I'm learning that through parenting uh-huh. too. It's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. oh, they just need their feelings validated, like right. through a tantrum or whatever it is. And, and then that's what we need too as adults. So no, that makes total sense. Right. And like, just like you said, you have to, it depends on what the friend is asking of you or who the friend is, you know, you can kind of tell what they need or want from you. But I think it's really important to take a step back in, in our friendships and really tune into like listening as opposed to always trying to figure out a solution for the person, because it's just, I don't know. Yeah. As any mom can tell you, diaper changes are part of our daily lives. I spend a lot of time, I mean a lot of time, changing diapers, thinking about diapers, checking on diapers, you name it, which is why we are so excited to partner with Pampers. Your baby's skin is so delicate and you want to make sure you're protecting it by keeping it dry and healthy. Well, I cannot recommend Pampers Swathers enough. They're absorbent even for overnight wear. Yay for no middle of the night leaks, which is so key. I mean, we all want one less mess and more sleep. And with their amazing absorbency, Pamper Swaddlers wick away wetness and mess to help protect your baby's skin and keep your little ones feeling dry and happy. Keeping your baby's skin healthy requires a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet and Pampers gives you that trusted protection. Pamper Swaddlers have been a game changer for us. The absorbency means healthy skin and less diapers overall, which is just a win-win. Once you try them, you'll see why Pampers are the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Whether you're a mom of three or a mom-to-be, you'll love how Pampers keeps your baby or toddler dry and comfortable. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diaper and wipes purchase. 
you will love them. I don't know if I'm figuring out a solution here, but what I think what's happening for you right now is that you had such a struggle during that pregnancy period and that infancy, like that newborn, just the breastfeeding and that stage, right? Like that was not your favorite stage of childhood. And you are a wonderful mom and you love your child more than anything. And you want another baby, but there's been so much hesitancy for baby number two, not necessarily because you you don't want another baby, but because that path to getting there is filled with so much for you, right? Like Uh emotions and physical stuff. And it's really daunting. And I think now when you have like given yourself this thought of, wait a minute, surrogacy is an option where a lot of times we talk about surrogacy in the sense of if something's wrong with you, if your uterus cannot hold a baby, if you've been in a situation like me of some sort, right? Like maybe stuff just doesn't work in there where it's almost like this option of last resort, you can get eggs. So now you use a surrogate, but there's a whole bunch of people that use surrogacy for the exact reason you're saying and and some flavor of that. And so it's almost like to some degree, there's a lot of emotion going on right now, but there's probably a little relief too of- Oh my God. Yeah. Like as soon as I, as soon as I started actually seriously thinking about it, which was after this past transfer was missed, like it's come up in conversations obviously. And I've been like, no, I haven't even given the transfer a try yet. So it's just like, and and the doctor told me I can carry a baby. So I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to try it. And I really was like shoving all of that discomfort down because I just felt like it was something that I had to do. And now, yeah, like I still, I'm still not at peace with it. Like I'm telling you, I'm still having all these conversations and I'm trying to figure out what's best for me. But there is that part of me that's like, because I scientifically can get pregnant, that this is like an easy way out. And that is what I'm struggling with. And it's like, am I thinking that because I'm afraid of what other people are thinking? Or am I going to be hard on myself about that? And part of me just feels like it, like surrogacy is maybe just the lesser of the evils for me, you know, like it's, it's, I'm just so unhappy in this, all this unknown that even if I'm not fully at peace with surrogacy, like it's the, it's a better option for me emotionally and mentally and in my heart. So yeah. And I think it's great that you're playing it out, right? Like there's not, there's not one right answer here. It's, it's whatever in the end, is best for you. But the fact that you can verbalize this, first of all, publicly verbalize this and talk through what the different options look like and just really think about this for you. I always say when you can think through a decision, then you can do it and you weigh your options. Even if you don't go with surrogacy, there's something about knowing that that was an option and Mm -hmm. giving yourself that real energy of thinking about it and saying like, there was some other way that I could do this. And you know what? I chose this path, which is different, but there's an option. There there has to be some, with all of the emotions that come with it, some degree of peace with that. Yes, for sure. Like having another option. Something I'm interested in is that you and Timmy have been on different pages of when baby number two comes, if baby two, number two comes, 
what, will you talk a little bit about that? Like how have you guys talked through it and when did you decide to start trying and were you comfortable? What did he want? So Timmy has always, Timmy, I think that if he had married maybe someone different, like someone that, who, who could get pregnant easily, he would have like a ton of kids. Like he, he's just such a natural dad, like just loves, loves kids. And I think loves the crazy. And I think that has been sort of that that has been a struggle in that I, I have felt a little bit insecure and in that I can't necessarily like give that to him. And I have felt like, oh my God, one day is he going to be re- resentful of me for that? And I think that I've, I have sh- just been open with him about that. And I, I've needed him to kind of validate to me over and over that, he he chose me for me and wants this life with me and it doesn't matter how many kids come and that we're already so lucky to even have sunny like we are some you know so many people can't even have one and so i think it's all about a perspective shift but that is that definitely has been part of the reason why this has been so hard for me just because there have been moments where I've been like, I'm just, I don't want to try anymore. Like I'm done. I'm fine with one. I'm at peace. I'm fine. But in the back of my head, I know that Timmy really wants more. And so that's the kind of, that's the push that motivates me, but it can't be the reason like you, the two of you have to be on the same page about it. And so that's another reason why maybe the surrogacy is a surrogacy. The surrogacy is a good option for us because it will give us the outcome that we both want, but will keep us both really happy. Like we have, it's been a really hard three years for the two of us. Like it has brought up a lot of strife and we fought a lot and I haven't been myself. And so that insecurity has caused a lot of other like marital issues. And so that's another reason why I'm thinking about this just because I can't go on and on living in this kind of like in this in this kind of insecure place because it's having such an effect on me as a human being my confidence level and me as like uh us a healthy spouse and mom you know this whole fertility thing has a major impact on your relationship if you're not on the same page oh my gosh totally and I love how how honest you are with all of that. And I think it just goes back to what Jess said, like a happy mom is a happy baby. And it, it carries through to the family too. Well, I've noticed it. No, I've I've noticed it. Like the pat when I was sick the past two weeks, like I just we were just so I mean, I was also physically sick, but so that obviously makes me like angsty and frustrated and whatever. But Like I, when I'm not happy, this family, it just, it, we struggle. Like we just struggle every, the easy things are struggles. It's hard. It's like, it's hard for me to, to work. Like I'm just, I mean, my mom jokingly calls me the 75 degree child where like, 
I can't, I kind of get overwhelmed easily. I I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think that I, I think I have like some real anxiety. And I think that this fertility situation has like brought it on for me. And I'm, I realize that this anxiety has a massive effect on my family. And since I've had this surrogacy conversation in the past few days, like there's been a little bit of a weight lifted off my shoulders and I have literally felt myself enjoying life more, like enjoying work more, looking forward to things, enjoying bedtime with Sunny more, like not thinking about the doctor's appointments I have to go to, or am I going to be pregnant next month? Or, you know, am I going to have a second kid before 40? Like uh, the all these things that completely cloud my brain have sort of been lifted a little bit and I'm, I feel clear and like, oh my God, even that in and of itself is just proof that this is maybe the best next step for me. So it's like, it's real, you know, like this anxiety about this motherhood fertility stuff is really real. And if you lift yourself of the responsibility for a little, like, even if that's like for you got for you asking for help from a nanny or your sister or whoever, like you realize once you have that help, oh my God, like the anxiety I've been living in, it doesn't have to be like that. Right. It doesn't have to the thing that I think happened, which makes so much sense, is that you haven't felt that sick like you did with Sunny until this past week. And when you felt that way, you felt so miserable and it brought back all those emotions of, oh my gosh, this is is similar to how I felt and I don't act my best self. And this is going to be 10 months of my life. Then this is going to be three to four months postpartum. And then you just saw this like spiral effect of like, how is it going to affect Timmy and I? Because the more insecure and the more unhappy I get, the more that I'm on him. And then the more, you know, like it's just this kind of tornado. And then that has lasting effects on your relationship. And I think then, right, it's that just like ongoing spiral. But that's 100%. Yeah, 100% what I've been thinking. You know, I take my sleep very seriously. So listen up because Cozy Earth is where it's at. From luxurious bedding that is honestly the softest ever to loungewear, Cozy Earth has absolutely everything you need for your most comfortable sleep ever, which you all know we deserve, but we don't always get. If you could feel this bedding or loungewear, you would immediately hit pause and order it. It's made from ultra soft and sustainable viscose from bamboo fabrics, Cozy Earth is literally softer than cotton. It is, it's amazing. Plus it's temperature regulating, which I can tell you in my house is an absolute must because Josh and I both overheat at night. And since using Cozy Earth sheets, the temperature is perfect all night long. We're obsessed with their collection. The pajama sets are my go-to gift for moms right now. And seriously, you just need to feel how perfectly soft this fabric is. Thinking about it makes me want to just jump into bed right now. They've been featured on Oprah's favorite list for the last four years in a row, which you know that means they're pretty darn special. And Cozy Earth is made with responsibly and sustainably sourced resources from the earth. They have a 10-year warranty on all of their products and they offer a 100-night sleep test, which means you can try it out for 100 nights. And if you don't absolutely love it, you can send it back for a full refund. But trust us, you will 
love it. And Cozy Earth has provided an exclusive offer for Meaningful Living listeners today. Take 35% off site-wide when you use Code Living. That's 35% off site-wide with Code Living. You are going to love Cozy Earth, we promise. Now let's get back to it. In the other three pregnancies that I had, like I was also extremely sick for those like 10, 11 weeks. So it was this dread of sickness where I knew I'm going to have to gear up for, you know, with, it was sunny. It was like about 20 weeks of not being able to do anything and not being able to conquer anything. And I think as a career woman, as someone that, you know, is like per, like not the sole provider for my family, but you know, half of it, like I, I have this responsibility and I don't necessarily want to like sacrifice all of that for, for the baby. And does that make me a bad person? I don't know. No, it doesn't make you a bad person. (laughs) It doesn't make you a bad person, but I know we, we get in our heads about all of this stuff and it's so easy to do. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, your career and your physical health is maybe more important. Physical and mental health is maybe more important than having this baby. It's like, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe to me it is, you know, yeah. and that doesn't, that doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't. And we people all have might different not, priorities. Yeah. yeah. And people might not understand and that doesn't matter, right? It's, it's you and yourself. And I always say that like, there's no set of degree of grief that like all of us get in one lifetime, right? Some of us have it where it gets stacked on top of each other, but you have had so many hard things that at a certain point too, it's like, I I can't imagine with the miscarriages, what that brought up with your dad, like that probably brings up more grief and like that whole process. I just think there is a certain degree that we have to then look at our mental health and just say, for me and my circumstances and what I've already been through, like, you know what? Like, I, I can't do it again. Like, I, I mm-hmm. can't. Enough's enough. I know. It's like, why can't we look at it the same way as like maybe, I don't know, going to therapy or working out or like taking an antidepressant or all of these things that some of us do that... I mean, maybe therapy and I don't know, everything can be stigmatized in some way these days, right? Like all of it can be stigmatized. It's like just if we just can take off that layer of stigmatization and that layer of thinking we know what is right for someone or thinking we have the solution, just we just need to lift that off. Completely, completely. And that's the only way for us to like move forward. And I always say, Actually, you know who's the best at this? Haley is Tyler. Is instead of coming to a conversation with judgment, come to a conversation with questions and truly understanding the other person. Because it's not about you putting yourself in the other person's shoes. It's about understanding what that other person's shoes are like. Right. And, it's so and true. if we don't open conversations with curiosity and love, we're never really understanding other people and and changing the way that we feel inside and the stigma and this judgment. And so I'm... I'm always proud of you, Wit. Like always. I always am like, whoa, she went there and way to go. But I'm just so proud of you for being able to openly talk about these 
feelings that so many people have, but are so stigmatized. And, you know, especially from the fertility world where people say like, you should just be grateful. You should just be grateful that you have one baby. You don't understand. I have, I've been trying for 10 years and I I don't have a baby, but everyone's experience is different. So we can experience Mm -hmm. grief and these unsettling feelings, even when our circumstances are different, right? We have to understand that other person's journey, but our journey is our journey. Right. And like, have you ever looked at a woman? Like we've seen women nowadays doing all these different things. Like, have you ever judged someone for having a surrogate ever? Or like judge someone for not having kids? Or it's just like, when you really think about it, you are your own worst critic. And like the people that are judging you, you don't even want to be friends with anyway. So it's really all about more, I think like having inner peace for being a mom. I think the, the biggest thing we need to search for is just that like inner validation, inner peace, like acceptance of ourselves and like conviction in our own opinions rather than looking elsewhere for it, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. yes, you, you may need to, it's hard. We can't always like validate ourselves. We need to hear other people's stories. We're humans. Like we thrive on connection, right? And we thrive on like, just sharing experiences. But when it comes to motherhood, I've just found it's just all about doing what feels right in your gut and what feels right for your family. Have you, Jessica, have you, have you, like, I don't know what it, what your situation is at all. And if you've even talked about this, but like, you know, coming from, from where you've been, has surrogacy been something that you guys have discussed? Yeah. You know, it has, like Josh and I haven't had a lot of conversations about it. It has come up, there are twofold reasons. Number one is, one, I don't know if I have eggs. So like this could be a complete okay. moot point. And I, okay. I, okay. I I mean, more likely than not, I don't have any eggs, but I'm a super okay. hopeful person. So I operate from the from the standpoint of like, maybe there's one in there. Like I told yeah. Haley this yeah. the other day. That's like, all you need. Maybe, maybe there's <laughs> one. But let's say there's one. Wait, you know this, but when I was part of the side effect of my cancer, I'm in remission, but my heart, part of my heart is closed off. And so already I'm swollen and I have things. It's funny. I talked to my doctor about this yesterday, but he's like, if you were to get pregnant, those symptoms are going to be super amplified, right? Like you're going to feel like you could pass out at any time. You're probably going to have so much swelling and you're going to have these different types of things. The hard thing for me with surrogacy is... I am in the nutrition world. I'm in like the the health world that for me, I don't know how I can trust another person to stay in like a mentally healthy place and a physically healthy place in the way that I would during pregnancy. But I also was one of those people with the complete opposite where I loved pregnancy. I loved pregnancy. I loved birth. Mm -hmm. I loved infancy. So I actually like dream about that time. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I had any doubts of that time, I I would be in a completely different place. And it just shows that everybody handles it differently. And honestly, like there is going to be, if there are eggs, there's going to be this conversation of, all right, what, what is worth it? Like maybe if you got pregnant, there could be a point in time where this, it might jeopardize your own health. And what do we do in that point in time? So it might be that mm-hmm. surrogacy is that route. I just don't know. It's your only option. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know how I yeah. can trust, right? Like that's yes, my hard that part. That is so valid. I've thought about that before, honestly, because I'm just like, okay, if I ever did that, I don't know that I could trust that either, especially because 
going into pregnancy, I was like, I'm going to be the healthiest person ever. This is going to be the healthiest pregnancy because I'm a, a pretty healthy, very active person. And then, as you know, Jess, I went into pregnancy and I was like, I can only eat pizza, grilled cheese, mac and cheese and bread and cheese. So yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is like, I guess if, for me, I've all, I've been so sick in all these pregnancies that like, and I've eaten like such crap that the nutrition, I mean, that's your world. Like the nutrition thing for me, isn't something that I'm necessarily wor- necessarily worried about. And I hope that I f- would find someone, you know, you, you, I, I don't know what the processes are, but like, you know, you, you, you really hope match. that you find some, yeah. you find your match, you find someone that you can trust. Like there are people out there that will, but I, I'm, I'm, I was never, I was always eating like crap. Like I was drinking, I mean, this last pregnancy, like just soda, chocolate milk, in and out, like whatever I could, chips, like, you know, Doritos, like whatever I could that was, that would make me feel okay. And so I'm just more in that like survival mode, but that's like the same, like what you're saying, we've all been we've all had different experiences. So that is going to shift our opinion and our needs are also different. Like, Completely. so it's like, you can't, I can't tell you that that's any more or less valid than my concern. Like it's all, yeah. And I truly believe that if you, you put it out there of like exactly the kind of person that you're looking for to be aligned with in doing this big like commitment together, that that person will come to you. I just, I feel like God works in those ways. And anytime Tyler and I have like intentionally prayed about a person coming into our life for big or small reasons, like it it has happened. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what we prayed for. (laughs) It's like manifesting things for sure. I think when you like visualize those things and you put it out there, what you're looking for, I think that it's possible of course, to find it. But I do, I do get all those concerns and it's interesting. It's really interesting to hear other people's perspectives. Just like I was saying before, you know, not, you, you don't necessarily want others' opinions, but sometimes it's also complicated and confusing because all you want is people to just be like, this is what I did and this is what you should do. And you just want answers, right? You just like want someone to tell you what to do, but you kind of have to, you, it has to be like the balance of those things of like, what is, what you know is right for you. And then you want to find those other few like expert people that you really trust whose opinion you need. I find that if I go out to a bunch of people, that's when I get confused when I start having these conversations everywhere. Like that's when I start to get confused and I start to lose like what, what it is I want. Yeah. Whitney, was it you that posted the other day about Jess and Josh? Yes. What angels they are? I loved that so much because I was like, oh, Jess and her husband, Josh, are the best people in the world and like always have the best intentions for every single human. Like I never have to ever question that. And when you posted that, I was like, oh, I love that you said that. Honestly, like out of, I think Jess saw that I wasn't feeling well on Instagram, reached out to me. And at first I was like, I can handle this. Like, I'm fine. And then I got so sick where I was like, I cannot handle this and I need help. And I mm-hmm. knew I like, as soon as I reached out to, to Jess and her husband, Josh, I just, 
knew I was taken care of. Like without asking for anything, Josh sat on the phone with me for an hour and I like figuring out all my symptoms, what had happened, like going through the whole past week, getting me on a whole regimen, like finding me a new doc, a doctor to, to, to check me out. Like within, I was struggling so much. It's just so sad how I, I was struggling so much. And then within two days of talking to Josh, I was fine. Like, it's like why I wish that there were just people like Josh that we could just turn to immediately. Like Jess, I know we were talking about that. It's just so sad what people struggle with before they find the a specialist or before they find actual good healthcare. And it's just like for, for zero in return, you know what I mean? Like they just want to, they just want people to be like their healthiest selves. And I'm, I'm just, I cannot tell you how grateful, like I was, I was really the sickest I, I had, I can remember being last week and not able to eat anything for two weeks and Josh saved the day. So well, and Jess. Josh saved the day. When you said like you have to have those people, Jess and Josh are really on that top five list for me of of people that I go to. And so the fact that Jess was willing to start Meaningful Living together with me and do this podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, now a lot of people get to hear and like have Jess as a resource, which is like the coolest thing ever. Oh, guys, guys, I don't like the attention on me, but you're the sweetest thing ever. I know. I'm like, we. I'm watching your face. Like, I feel this. It's not a comfortable thing, but you need to hear it. And even if you feel uncomfortable right now, just later in the day when you get in the shower, just like soak it in because it's really true. Mm -hmm. It's really true. Well, you guys are the sweetest and wit. I I love you. I'm so glad you're feeling better. And me too. I mean, you're an angel, both of you are angels. And I don't, I can't understand how people don't help in that way. Like that's the part that I can never understand. But the fact that when you are, when you are struggling, the fact that I can do anything, anything to possibly help, I'm always here. And honestly, more than anything, thank you for being your vulnerable self as always and being just the best. Oh my God, my pleasure. These are the conversations that I like live to have. And this, this also, it just feels like I'm talking to two girlfriends. Like this is their therapy for me when I I know what going into these podcasts that I'm like, oh, this isn't even work. This is going to be a good therapy session. Yes. Well, Wit, you are the absolute best. Thank you oh my for God, being you, you and for being vulnerable. Always. And yes, we'll we'll have many more of these conversations and we will be watching what happens in your fertility journey for sure. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. This was awesome. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. It'd mean the world to us if you'd take a second to rate, review, and follow the show and tell your friends about it. It's the best way to support the show. And if you have any questions you want us to cover on the show, call our voicemail line at 866-444-FULL. We want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com for resources, courses, and to shop our favorites. Can't wait to see you next week. 